Okay. All right. Listen, uh, this is Lunch Money. Uh, welcome. Uh, Lunch Money is your online and social media home for uh, workouts, special situations and capital raising professionals. Uh, my name is Nick Samios. I'm the fund manager at Hermes Capital and I am your Lunch Money host. Um, we're winging it a little bit today. Uh, the, the good news is that Lunch Money is back. We've done about 79 episodes before. Uh, and to spice things up a little bit, we're trying a new format with a live audience that, uh, that, you've, uh, that you've seen. Um, I've had to lubricate them to get them here. It's, it's 5.30 in the afternoon here in Perth, um, where, we're, where we're live streaming from. Um, let's see how that goes. It looks like it's not going to be too much of a train wreck at the moment. Um, our guests today are Patrick Schweitzer. Uh, he is a credit risk and due diligence expert and the managing director of uh, Alares. I'm going to slowly bring these guys in. And we've also got Michael Moon, who is a uh, specialist tax debt advisor and principal of Tax Assure. And he's down there. How do I bring Michael in? There he goes. Uh, we'll chat to you guys in just a moment. Let me just set it up first. So um, the timing for this live stream is perfect. COVID uh, could have decimated small businesses in this country, and we all predicted that was going to happen a couple of years ago. They were spared, however, uh, by a number of measures. Uh, the forbearance of the ATO, you know, the ATO hasn't chased any debt. Someone told me today about a trucking company with $400,000 worth of debt. They turn over $10 million, and I'm sure Michael will concur with us shortly that that ain't, that ain't a drop in the bucket. We're seeing millions of dollars of tax arrears, and this is, this is an issue for finance brokers and other people as they try to arrange capital. We've had the forbearance by the banks because the banks haven't wanted to be bad guys, and uh, government stimulus. Now, you know, the, the government has spent eye-watering amounts of money and anyone who's uh, been a regular viewer of Lunch Money will know, you know, I've been predicting inflation for two years, and sure enough, it's here. Uh, we've got, um, and so all those chickens are coming home to roost. Uh, we've got inflation, falling house prices, rising interest rates. Uh, there will be winners and losers over the next six to 12 months. And uh, the issue for business advisors is how to make sure their client is on the winning side of the ledger. So let me introduce my guests. Firstly, uh, I'll start with you, Patrick. Um, I've, I've said what you do before, but tell me what's the most interesting question that you've been asked this week? Yeah, hi, Nick. Um, look, the, the most interesting question uh, that, that we still get is what, what's different um, What's different between you and, and, and the credit bureaus, basically? Um, so the, the Equifaxes uh, and the Ileons of the world. <clears throat> and I guess for, for us, the difference is that we we fill a key gap in their data. So unbeknownst uh, still to a lot of people, most, most matters that go through the law courts in this country are actually not captured in credit reports at all. And so we see new, new case studies every day where credit providers get themselves into a pickle uh, dealing with dealing with entities that they really shouldn't be. And, and had they had they had our data at the time and had they known uh, what, what prior sort of matters had, had, had gone through the courts, they may have they may have well acted sort of very differently and, and been able to, to mitigate their risk a little bit better. So um, <clears throat> yeah. 
That's that's interesting. So uh, what's interesting is you're not providing this the regular credit reporting that turns up in a normal credit report. Uh, you guys do a bit of deep diving into data, and uh, we'll see a little bit of that shortly. I know that you know before we met, you've been on lunch money oh, twice before, or is this just your yep. second time now? And uh, you know before we spoke. Uh, you know, I, I sort of saw you on LinkedIn because you provide that wonderful data. And I thought, Alaris, hang on, I know them. And we were already users of your service. So uh, it is it is one of those things. And Michael, uh, Tax Assure, you are a, you've, uh, a little bit like me, probably been a little bit quiet over the last couple of years. But if you're anything like me, the, you know, the phone's ringing pretty hot at the moment. What's the most interesting question you've been asked this week? Yeah, 100%. Um, Nick, and thanks, everybody, for coming and joining us tonight, or well, today, as it is over there. Um, I've just had the sort of uh, pleasure of spending the last couple of days up in the Hunter Valley talking to accountants up there around how to deal with the ATO and the, the question, the overwhelming question we get is, you know, the ATO is changing and it's different and, and how do we how do we deal with and engage with the ATO at the moment um, in this, you know, as the ATO call it, the new normal, the post-pandemic. As far as the ATO is concerned, the pandemic's over um, and certainly from a business and a collection perspective, um, the pandemic is over. So. You know how do how do we we deal with them because um they're 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 getting prickly they want the money back and they want it back yesterday and and how do we do with that and the answer I gave sort of you know consistently was you've got to engage and you've got to engage quickly because and we'll no doubt talk about it later on the ATO's got a whole bunch of um, old and, and and a new power that's making things a little bit tricky particularly for directors and if you don't engage. Um, the ATO certainly will engage, um, and it's going to be a difficult time. So, um, oh, tell me, where, right at the beginning, who, where, where, what were you doing in the Hunter Valley? Who are you addressing? Uh, talking to, um, we were invited up there to go up and talk to accountant groups to talk to them right. about exactly this issue, um, right. because you know traditionally the work that we do has been done by accountants, and um, uh, you know we, we're a specialist provider dealing with exactly this issue. And I feel for a lot of accountants because essentially we don't deal with. Um, the main part of the ATO, we just deal with the debt area. So we're dealing with debt collectors, which is, you know, I've got a law degree and an accounting degree and I've you know, worked in some of the big firms and there was no courses that I went to around how to deal with debt collectors. So that's what we do. And um, it's a different equation and it's trickier now because, you know, we, we're on the phones and, and engaging in writing with the ATO 20 times a day. Um, and even within our team, we're constantly saying, hey, this has changed, this has changed, this has changed. So. Um, and in, even within the ATO, even though I say we deal with the debt section, there's there's a, you know a half a dozen different areas within that, and their requirements are different. So it's hard to keep up with all of that. Okay, well look, we'll get plenty of chances to talk more about that as we go through. Listen, Patrick, uh, I think it's once a month that you uh, publish just a report, and uh, the best thing for us to do is just to uh, go through. I think we've got three or four graphs uh, that yep. you have prepared. And we will start with this graph here. So this here is insolvencies month by month. Can you tell us what's going on in this graph? Yeah, so what you can see here is the, the orange or the yellow bars basically show what the monthly insolvencies were pre-COVID. So that, that's an average of, of the, uh, the few years uh, prior to COVID. And the blue bars show <clears throat> what the monthly insolvencies were in comparison um, for 2022. So you can see that, um, yeah, that there's there's obviously been a gradual increase uh, throughout 2022, but you can also see that the gap 
the gap between pre-COVID and now has has really started to shrink. And just hot off the press, I've I've just had a, a quick glance at the uh, the draft numbers for July, and the um, so this graph tops out here at 800. The numbers for July, the actuals look like they're going to be a, a lot closer to a thousand, which is actually for the first time. Uh, higher than than the, the the pre-COVID numbers, so I don't want to sort of jump the gun, but but from what I saw just a minute ago, it, it looks like it's going to be a pretty big number for July. So so the blue the so just just to recap there, the the yellow or orange uh, bars are the average of 2017 through 2019. So yep. the three or four years pre-COVID, and then the blue bars are this year. And yep. uh, you know, it's it, as you can see, it's it's catching up now. Most insolvency people I speak to at the moment are still saying they're quiet, but I got to tell you, my desk is uh, piling up. But you're saying that come July, the blue bar beats the orange bar. I, I think it will beat the orange bar. Yep. And um, when do when do you publish that report? Uh, that's going to be coming out just in the next couple of days. So hopefully before the end of the week. All right. So what I'll say is that uh, people should go to LinkedIn, and they'll find your a link to your profile. And yep. if they uh, if they befriend you, you know all these strangers befriending you, uh, they'll get the update when uh, when this comes through. It'll pop up, and uh, and it's wonderful. Absolutely, uh, Michael. What are you? What are your reflections on those stats there? Yeah, it's interesting. Been playing a lot of golf the last couple of years. Yeah, look, it's interesting too because. There's a big, uh, the elephant in the room that's missing from that graph is the ATO because the ATO haven't been winding up for the last couple of years. There's the odd one that comes through, um, but essentially they put wind-ups um, and, and many other things um, on hold and uh, during COVID um, and the bushfires and the floods, there's been a whole sort of bunch of things that have stopped them. But um, in, And they've restarted a lot of the collection activities, but the one that hasn't restarted, but we are told is imminent, is winding up. So if those numbers are getting close to what they were previously, then it's going to be quite frightening because, you know, the ATO are responsible for a large number of wind-ups um, and will be responsible for that. So, um, although, I, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit about it later, I think the ATO have a slightly different strategy moving forward um, in not using wind-ups and using direct penalty notices. But, but you know, as I said, I think the issue... We'll, we'll book, or the, the interesting that. Yeah, bookmark that because I think you're right, and we'll we'll talk about that. Listen, but listen, let's not preempt uh, all of um, all of Patrick's uh, slides here. So the next one that we've got <laughs> is uh, this one here. So uh, court actions filed by the big four banks. Now this is I love this data. This is something that I don't see anywhere else. Mm. Um, so I, I, yeah, I, I, it's interesting that you track these, Patrick. Do you want to talk us through these? Yeah, absolutely. So what, what really stands out here is <clears throat> the big four banks, you, you can see uh, as soon as COVID hit or, or basically, you know, starting in uh, April, uh, the, the big four banks were good corporate citizens <clears throat> and basically they stopped uh, pursuing people, um, as we know, and, and that was for basically the better part of a year. What we saw, though, was uh, starting sort of mid-2021, uh, as soon as the basically the, the bulk of the lockdowns uh, and the restrictions and other things started to ease up, the banks fairly quickly 
uh, got back into the act and started pursuing people in court and they've they've increased uh, th their aggression basically in in um, sort of you know the, the volume of, of, of um, claims that they're filing in court and you can see that the latest numbers there are, are sort of more or less back in line with with what they were pre-COVID albeit there's that there was always a bit of seasonality in Can the I ask, uh, let me just ask the audience I mean is this does this ring true with what you guys are seeing yeah we've I mean we, we know that it absolutely died in the proverbial there in 2020 but it the the, the numbers there are, are we seeing that in the field do you think the banks taking this sort of action not yet do you hear that, guys? Can you hear that? No. 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 Okay. All right. Yeah, the guys are saying that the numbers are surprising in 2022. Uh, we're not – yeah, it's interesting. Where do these numbers come from? Uh, so these come uh, directly from the court records. So basically okay. any time where one of the big four banks is the plaintiff in a new matter, uh, that, that gets added onto the graph. You can't deny it. Australia, yeah, it is Australia wide. Yeah, you can't you can't yeah. deny these numbers. There's no there's no question about it. Uh, Michael, any reflections? Yeah, it's similarly um, surprising, but not surprising. Particularly the 2020, everything stopped. ATO is obviously what we focus on. The, the same, the, you know, March eight, March 2020 stopped collecting and told people, you know, we'll defer everything. So I think it's in line with what the banks are doing. Okay, all right. Let's um, let's go to our next slide. Uh, and what have we got here? Patrick, talk us through this one. Yeah, so this is the non-Big Four bank lenders. So basically this data includes all registered financial institutions. Uh, the, the blue bars are the, uh, they're the uh, deposit-taking institutions and the red bars uh, are all other basically non-Big Four bank uh, lenders. Uh, what you can see there is the <clears throat> the deposit-taking institutions, they seem to drop um, quite a bit um, percentage-wise during COVID. And I think that makes sense because, you know, that they're holding people's deposits so they don't, um, you know, I think that they wouldn't necessarily want to be taking sort of legal action against their customers at the same time, whereas the red bars would have uh, as you know, the relationship with a client would be more sort of just a pure money lend. And you can see that, um, that their numbers didn't really drop uh, quite as drastically as the big four banks. So that the, the big four certainly did their part in terms of softening the blow, whereas the other lenders, you know, they, they certainly dropped, but not nearly to the same extent as the, the big four. Yeah, okay. Um, now, I wonder if – does that include fintechs, I suppose? It would be the non ADS. Yeah, it does. It does, yep. Yeah. yeah. So any, uh, any registered financial institution. Okay. So just having a look at that, I'm just going to attempt to throw to the audience so that you can actually hear them. And let me see if I can, uh, if I can pull this off. Um, actually, yeah, okay. So let, let me see. I'm going to put the audience there. And then I am going to unmute that camera there. Let's see what happens. Okay. Any any feedback on that graph? Just speak to that phone there. I'm probably surprised that it's it's even moving up. I'm not seeing the action being taken. I, 
can't imagine there's going to be an onslaught of bank calls for weapons. Uh, generally speaking, you know, you've got IA, demand IA, you know, some sort of insolvency. I'd imagine that that's been six, 12 months away. I don't think you can suddenly see a flurry. The uptick to me would probably be the fact they weren't allowed to recover for quite some time. They've probably got backlog guarantors and things like that. They're chasing and, and sweeping through, but I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a necessarily increase in insolvencies. Now, listen, Catherine Moore, who is the uh, wonderful general manager at Hermes Capital, asks, so if it's not the ATA driving current increases in wind-ups and insolvencies, what is, right? So she, what she's saying is there's, there's those insolvency numbers are tracking up. Now, the ATO is not, it's not ATO action uh, that is causing that. So, so what, what is it? I guess my question is, is that those statistics around the wind-ups that um, I'm assuming they include voluntary actions by, by companies and directors, because there's certainly been plenty of that. And it may not be brought by the ATO, but it's been brought on by ATO debt, if that makes sense. Well, I must say that what I'm told, because when you look at the notices every day, and I, I see them every day, there's a lot of liquidations. And the liquidators I talk to tell me that a lot of it's voluntary stuff. There's, yeah. there's no question about that. Uh, I mean, is there any way of you pulling that data out, Patrick? Because you know, people, it's not, the, the stats are high, but a lot of it is just people, you know, volu members voluntary shutting down uh, an entity Maybe here it's or too there. too hard and pulling the pin. Yeah, we, we, we don't separate it in the numbers on the slide you've got, Nick, but it's certainly an exercise that, that we can do. But um, <clears throat> I, I think that comment's uh, absolutely spot on is that... Um, Sort of the, um, the the threat of the ATO coming after you has, has certainly prompted a lot of uh, business owners to, to vol voluntarily, uh, you know, j jump the gun and preempt it. Okay. Well, look. Let's uh, let us go to the next slide now. Add to stream. There we go. Okay. So we've done that slide. Now look at this one. This slide here. Is the, the the one that is startling. So this is the one with the court actions filed by the ATO, and this is the one that surprises no one. I mean, it's quite a dramatic slide, isn't it? I mean, it is remarkable. And you know, we hear that the ATO is going to start taking action, but I think Michael, this is your cue. Um, you're, we don't think the ATO is looking at taking action through wind-ups. Instead, no. someone told me the other day, and it might have been you. The ATO wants you, the, the you know, the business owner, to initiate the the restructure. They don't want to be seen to be doing it. Can you talk us through that? Yeah, hundred percent. And yeah, really good point. The and look, I, I think this has been a, a conscious decision by the ATO. If you think about it, and like anybody who wants to wind up a business, there's a process they have to go through. And you know, it's issuing statutory demands, and they have to go through all the court process, and it's quite a lengthy process and an expensive process. What we're seeing is, and I'm sure everybody saw it because it was all over the press, that in March, the ATA sent out, you know, in the order of 52,000 warning letters to directors saying that if they didn't uh, engage with the ATA, i.e. Um, start paying the money back, then um, they would uh, be issued with a director penalty notice. Um, they've done a similar thing with the credit reporting stuff, and I'll talk about that in a second. But um, the, I think it's a conscious decision by the ATA to say, we don't have to go through that process and wind all these businesses up. We're going to push it back to directors and if, essentially make directors um, bank that, you know, bet the home, bet the house on their ability to repay the debt. Um, 
the thing that the ATO have been consistently saying is that they want directors to engage with them and they want businesses to and taxpayers to engage with them. Um, and this is a, a clear uh, method that they're using to, to create that engagement. But it's also meaning that there'll be many directors who will receive a director penalty notice. And if their lodgements are up to date and they have the option to liquidate, then they will, um, you know, many are taking those steps and, you know, just from talking to um, insolvency practitioners over the last sort of couple of months and certainly the last few weeks, they're getting, they're inundated with, even though they're quiet, they've certainly been inundated with inquiries um, from directors saying, I've got this letter, um, you know, I'm worried about the personal liability that flows from it um, and are taking steps th themselves. So, and I think that's going to be something that will continue. Um, and it's, you know, I, I suspect it's a, a bit of an experiment, a look and see from the ATA to see if it achieves what they want to achieve, then those numbers may stay the same. Or, you know, I think there will certainly be some actions, but it won't maybe not get back to where it was. And Patrick, uh, you know, you've been, you've, you've sort of previewed the latest numbers. Is anything changing here from the ATO? Yeah, look, uh, it's interesting, Nick. If you take sort of your, a microscope to the graph there, if you compare Q1 and Q2 this year, you'll see that Q2 was a, a tiny little bit higher. And the July numbers that, that I've, I've just seen uh, are a tiny little bit higher again. So, you know, you, you could you could argue that potentially it's, you know, just starting to trickle up a little bit, but I would call it very much just a trickle. <laughs> okay. And what has Brad Solly said? No. DPN 55k of them, 55,000. That's right. There was 55,000 of them. That's an interesting way for our audience members to participate. Uh, thank you very much, Brad Solly, uh, for 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 a, for a tweet from the floor. Uh, but that's right. I mean, this this is really uh, underscoring what Michael said that there's lots of directors penalty notices going out, um, but there is not a lot of wind-ups and so the, the ATO is trying to force you into taking your own action. Um, so, I mean, look, we, we've seen, we had, I had some interesting, what, what one thing, there's a big misconception out there that if you've got a payment arrangement with the ATO that you've removed your, per, you know, your house is no longer at risk, right? I've got a payment arrangement and so now my house is no longer at risk. Do you just want to comment uh, on that, uh, Michael? Yeah, 100%. Look, the answer, the answer is that it's right and it's wrong. Um, it's right in one sense. If you've got a payment arrangement in place, then under ATA policy, they won't chase the director under the director penalty notice. But there was a misconception, and it's been reported quite widely, that um, getting into a payment arrangement caused or affected a remission of the um, payment arrangement. Sorry, a remission of the penalty, and therefore it removed it. Um, that wasn't the case. All it did was stop recovery action as a, as a policy matter from the ATO. And um, so, yeah, so, so in, you know, if, if, if I'm acting for a, a director who's got a director penalty notice, the first thing I'm going to do is say, look, you do need to get into an active payment arrangement because that will protect you and that's a payment arrangement on behalf of the, the company. Um, but um, the issue directors are faced with is they have this 21-day window if it's a non-lockdown director penalty notice, i.e. one where lodgements are up to date and they have the option. Um, to wind up or do a small business restructure or an administration, but um, but they have to make a decision to say, well, look, how confident am I that um, that we can pay the debt? Because if they put a payment arrangement in place and the, and the 21 days goes past and then they do default and they can't pay it, well, then the, the, the liability 
um, has crystallised and, and the opportunity to appoint and avoid has gone. Look, I mean, what, what you just said, for some of us, we 100% understand what you're saying. For other people, that's very technical. But I think that the, uh, the main point is that if you've got one of these things, you have to seek professional advice. So if all you heard there was wah, 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 that's, that's <laughs> gone over my head, uh, I really suggest that you get some professional advice. Um, 100%. Uh, okay, listen, we have, uh, we've looked at all our slides now. So what I would like to do is to, uh, there's, there's one of these things that we've been talking about for the last couple of years. There's, you could say that in some ways, there's two kinds of businesses. There's businesses that uh, really have been floated by all of this government support and ATO support, etc. for the last couple of years. And they're now at high risk of finally hitting that wall. So there's that kind of business. And I guess Michael probably works with that kind of business more. And then Patrick, on the other hand, there's businesses that are good, strong businesses. They're dealing with um, their customers in good faith. You know, it might be a subcontractor that in good faith is doing work for a developer. And, and they're, and, but the developer's the one that's in category one, if you like. So category one, they're, they're really there by the grace of uh, the ATO and government largesse and banks not taking action. Category two are the people that supply to category one. Um, I mean, what, 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 what is it, you know, given that you're in that world of uh, data and credit, uh, what, what do you say to people in category two? The people that are, are the, they've got good businesses, they've probably been doing okay the last couple of years. You know, how do they mitigate that risk going forward? Yeah, look, step one is to just arm yourself with as much information as you can, um, you know, run your credit reports, um, run, run your Alara searches as well to to get a, a report on all, all court actions that, that the company's involved in, um, keep your ear to the ground, but, but really it's just a matter of arming yourself with as, as much information as possible. Hang on, I'm on mute again. Is there any? Are there any particular key indicators you think people should be looking out for? Yeah, look, um, you know, any time a company's in court, that's that's a clear red flag. You don't, um, you know, somebody once said to me, "You don't go to court because you're having a great day. You you go to court because you've you've got a problem and a dispute that you couldn't um, you couldn't solve otherwise." So. Yeah, that, that does tend to be step one for a lot of, um, you know, businesses when they do ultimately go down is they'll, they'll end up in some type of legal proceeding. So, so make sure that you're, you're on the ball there and you, you keep abreast of, of all of those matters as they come up. Okay. Now, listen, Brad Solly, who is here, has put this, there's a lot of words there. So I've asked him to come over rather than, he's here in the audience. No, no, come over here, come over here. And just ask your question or make your, uh, just hang on a sec. Okay. Now, what are you trying to say, Brad? He's got uh, a keeping camera there. Yeah, see? he's got a keeping camera. Uh, yes. So the, the ATO received new powers to be able to report um, ATO debts uh, to credit agencies. Um, but we've yet to see any really pop up. I was wondering whether you guys had uh, sent any action on that front. Excellent question, Brad. And that's probably one for Michael. Uh, 
What what are, what are you saying now? Now, yes. Yeah, so this was big news a few months ago. The ATO is going mm. to start, start suddenly credit reporting. We run our Alares report, and bang, there's a default or whatever it might be. So what's going on there? Because we're not seeing them. Yeah. Look, and and it's it sort of dovetails nicely into what Patrick's saying about having as much information as you can. And certainly, the ATO have decided to help with that um, because this has always been the great unknown with businesses. When you know they can do all the credit reporting they want and and do all the searches. But you can never find out whether they had ATO debt, and it's certainly been something. And this legislation, whilst it's it's um, newish, it's been around on the books since 2019. And um, but they've just started doing it now. What we do know is this: we know that the ATO sent out around 30,000 notices uh, to directors indicating that they would do that. Um, we also know that, and they were an orange letter. They've now sent out a red letters to an, a lot of directors saying um, you now qualify and you have 28 days to engage with us or we will do it. Um, we've had a number of clients that have come in. We haven't had any that have been reported yet um, because we've been managed to engage and stop that. Um, but I'm not aware um, from any of the data um, and I haven't seen the data. We, we certainly haven't had any clients that, that have come to us that have already been reported and, and on the system. So, uh, I'm not, I, you know, I'm not sure whether or not um, think, but there is certainly an intent by the ATO to do it, um, and we've been told that they will do it. So it's not a, it's okay. not a bluff. Well, well, Patrick, you're on the receiving end of uh, these the, this data. What, what, any any input your end? Yeah, look, I, I sat in on a, a presentation that <clears throat> a lady from the ATO did last week, and she did say at the time that um, you know that there weren't many names on that list yet. Um, Although she did think, as, as Michael just said, that, that over time the list will grow, you know, as the ATO sort of works their way through the the, the, the many thousands of companies that they're trying to, to get in touch with. So, uh, you, you know, the, the numbers at the moment do, do seem to be, from everything that I've heard, uh, low but, but expected to grow. The, the one other uh, option that people always have is, is simply to ask, their customer for a copy of their tax portal. Uh, a number of our customers uh, we know do that as a part of their standard due diligence process. It's it's certainly not um, you know it's not a hundred percent success rate, but but we do hear sort of anecdotally that you know half the time their customers happy to offer it up, and and, and half the time they sort of pleasantly. Um, get told that it's none of your business, but but I think you yeah, know. I guess it depends how much power you've got. Yeah, if you're a bank or a lender, you'd be able to get it. I suppose if you're yeah. a, you know, if you're a one of the big developers, like a like you know, you know, Lang O'Rourke or whoever it might be, you know, uh, those guys would probably be able to ask it of their subbies. Yeah, uh, so it depends on the power. Listen, we're running out of time, so I'm just going to ask if does anybody else want to venture up and ask a question at all? No. No, okay. They haven't had quite enough, uh, quite <laughs> enough red wine and sushi just yet. So um, I would like to uh, to thank our audience. Thank you very much for the live. Uh, for, uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and thank you very much. Uh, listen, just any any just last sixty second wrap up from you guys, Michael. For sixty seconds, final comments. Yeah, I think very, very quickly, um, if you've got debt with the ATO, um, don't stick your head in the sand any longer because um, the ATO is coming calling um, and calling quickly and they've got some strong ways to make people pay debt. So 
whether it's yourself or through your accountant or through an advisor, um, get some advice and, and get in contact with the ATO. They will work with you and they're happy to work with you. Okay. And Patrick? Yeah, look, likewise, if you're concerned that your customers may may be in that situation where, where they've got an ATO debt, um, do, do your due diligence. Um, you know, we're always more than happy to help. Um, but, yeah, get, get, get all the information that, that you can. Okay. Brilliant. All right, guys. Thank you very much. And uh, we're going to do this. This is this is what we're going to do in the future. We've, we're like the Beatles. Uh, no, we're not like the Beatles. Who was it that stopped doing studio albums and then just went live? I don't know. That's what we're doing here at Lunch Money. So uh, looking forward to seeing you next time. And thank you very much, guys, for Zooming in. Take it easy. Cheers. Pleasure. Thanks, Thanks for having us.